Hey, I'm Brennan Storr. And I'm Joseph Camo. And we're the hosts of Weird Together. This is a show where we celebrate the latest and greatest in independent horror film. And we ordinarily release an episode every two weeks, but I'm actually in the process of moving. So we were not able to record a new episode. And instead, Joseph, we thought we would share this uh, past episode, which comes from a time when this show was only a YouTube live stream. Right. Yeah, and the, the show that we're going to be looking at, the movie, is 15 Things You Didn't Know About Bigfoot. Number one will blow your mind. And I hadn't listened to this, Joseph, uh, in a long time, obviously, because, you know, who the hell wants to keep hearing their own voice? But this was a really fun episode, and, and I think it's because it was such a fun movie. Yeah, I agree. I think, to me, this is probably one of the first movies we really enjoyed. And maybe I'm, I'm not doing service to something before it, my memory's failing me. You know, and, and we've to some degree enjoyed every movie except for the one that will not be named that we have done. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. But this one, I just recall that we had done a series of movies that were fine, that were interesting. And then this one just had some points and some, some moments that really, really were entertaining. So I think this is a great one for you to, to identify from the archives to, to bring forward uh, for folks to revisit. Yeah, I, it was also, uh, you know, obviously early, the early version of the show was YouTube only, so it was, had a lot more visual components. And I used to make a trailer, which sort of satirized the movie to a certain degree. But of course, with a comedy, it, that's hard to do because, again, it's a very funny movie. And so the, if, if you can, folks, if you're listening to this, I would go to YouTube and I'll put a link in the show notes. You check out the video version of this trailer uh, because it's, it's bonkers. Uh, I mean, it's, you'll hear it. It's bonkers already, but it's the actual, I'm very proud of that. And, and honestly, Joseph, I'm much funnier on this recording than I am in most of the recent episodes. And I was saying to you off air, it's because we recorded this before I had my big, my big flame out last year. Kind of like I just, I, my, my burnout moment where I dropped all the spinning plates and I still haven't quite picked them all back up. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you're funny, Bren. So don't let anyone tell you you aren't funny. Aw. My mom says I'm special. She doesn't actually. <laughs> and your co-host says you're kind of special. Yeah, you are here so. and exhaling carbon dioxide. Oh, thanks. <laughs> One last thing that I thought was funny is again, because we're doing the audio version of the show now, I am much more used to curating audio than video, uh, especially back then. So I take great pains in the audio versions of the show now to cut out all my heavy breathing. Because I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a heavy breathing person. It's just, a, it's a thing. And I'm a mouth breather, Joseph, in a lot of ways. You know, I didn't want to say anything, but. Or, or, or you could have disagreed with me, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so on this episode, folks, and I just, I beg your indulgence, you will hear a lot of my breathing. I've done what I can to mitigate it, but you're going to hear a lot of me going in the background. And I swear I'm, I'm not asthmatic. I, I'm just loud. So again, the, if, if this is your first episode of Weird Together, one, welcome. Two, uh, they do not all sound like I am struggling to climb a set of stairs. I promise. With that, we will leave you. But until next time, remember, we're weird. And you're weird. So why not be weird together? Well, hello. hello. How's it going? I am well, Brendan. How are you? You've uh, you've been traveling a little bit, so you know you're probably a little, little trying to get caught up on everything, right? Oh, I am. I am hopeless. <laughs> I am hopeless. Just, and I can prove to that because I completely, completely blew the intro to the show. Uh, I'm Brendan Store, host of the Ghost Story Guys podcast, and I'm Joseph Camo, uh, host of In Search of Ghosts, and this is Weird Together, where we talk about the latest and greatest in eh, paranormal entertainment, horror movies, mostly horror movies, because we're weird. And you're weird, so why not be weird together? Weird Together is part of the Ghost Story Guys family of podcasts, which includes Mysteries and Monsters, Luke Lore, and Book of the Dead. At By this point, I'm just, I'm just, just used to hearing that. Yeah, yeah just, just, you're just rolling with it. Yeah, I just okay. accept it. That's fine. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Making fun of my, my life's work. You know. Mr. Camo, <laughs> such as it is. That's what I do. So... <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let me get centered here. Like I said, quick, I am. Uh, let me just real quick. We got some folks in the chat. So let's just say hey oh, to them while you're getting set. We got Tony, 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 who is uh, real excited to be here. Can't wait. This is going to be great. So, 
hey, we, we are we are sincerely appreciative of your enthusiasm for this this thing we're doing. So thank you. We've Absolutely. got Rin with us again, a friend of yours who uh, of uh, watched the film today. So we really appreciate that. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, the things we're talking about will make sense uh, since you've watched it. Uh, and then we have Scrapbot13. How about that? I actually made it to a live event. So we are happy to have all of you guys. Is, uh, it, a lot of people find it afterwards, but the live experience is it's just a ton of fun. And like I was saying to Joseph, you know, one of, one of the great things I like about doing this show is that I do all the prep beforehand. And once the show's done, I'm done. I get to walk away into the sunset, you know, the explosion slowly unfolding behind me. And I don't have to think about it again until, you know, Oh, about roughly three days when I start prepping for the next one, but I get a little bit. I have a, you know, a brief refractory period there. But you know the and the, the the interaction with the folks in the chat, great questions and comments. It also you know obviously makes it just a very much more dynamic experience. And you know I I do other things with YouTube with with live streams, and they're always the most fun part of what we do. Absolutely. So Joseph, are you drinking anything special tonight? I am drinking one of my favorites. It is Ooh. Original Sin. Black Widow, Blackberry and Apple Cider. Ooh, I'm a nice. big fan of the ciders. So this is one of my personal favorites. Uh, so this is what I'm enjoying tonight. What, what what do you got today? Well, I figure we're dealing with Sasquatch. So I figure we've got to go to the woods with a root beer. Now this is intergalactic root beer, kind of fucks with my theme, but uh, I was in a hurry. As, as Joseph said, I was out of town for a few days and it completely boned my prep. So I, I went into the uh, store at the end of my street, grabbed this and thought, yep, we'll come up with a way to make it work. Well, so. let me tell you, I think that is actually this really great tie-in because one of the more uh, unorthodox but nonetheless popular theories about Bigfoot or Sasquatch is that the reason we don't find them is because they are interdimensional, transdimensional beings. It all comes together. The universe had a plan and you were but its pawn. You hear that, Paul? Bigfoot's an alien. <laughs> Uh, I had a, I had a friend who used to jokingly talk about transdimensional Sasquatches. That was his favorite favorite concept, and he wasn't a believer, but he loved the idea. Well, it's a it's a great idea. I well maybe a little bit. We'll talk about it, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm not opposed to the idea. But uh, well, again, we'll get there. And of course, we're talking about Sasquatch because tonight's film is the wonderful 15 things you didn't know about Bigfoot. Number one will blow your mind. And, uh, well, before we talk about it, of course, you got to know what the film's all about. So let's check out the trailer. 15 Things You Didn't Know About Bigfoot is a 2019 found footage horror comedy directed by Zach Lampley. The film stars Brian Emond as Brian Emond, a video journalist for the Vice-esque media group Compound. The film opens with a series of journalistic assignments Brian believes are beneath his abilities, culminating in a trip to a Bigfoot festival in Georgia, where he has to interview the popular Sasquatch hunter, the Cryptid Commander. Look, I, I'm going to level with you here. This being a comedy and a funny one at that makes my job here twice as hard because writing jokes about someone else's jokes is like sitting on a warm toilet seat in a public bathroom. So instead of trying to top what Lamplew has done, we're going to run out the clock on this video by listening to the Ballad of the Green Berets and looking at pictures of World at Muscle Men. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret What is happening right now? Creative genius? Yeah, sure, I can see that, but why? Because making jokes about a funny movie. The toilet seat thing. Right. I heard. You know we're going to get copyright flag for this, right? All right. All right. All right. I'll come up with something else. Okay. That's worrying, but okay. I'll be in the other room. He said I couldn't play it. He didn't say I couldn't sing it. Brian Niemont hates his job Georgia bound to meet the slob And follow him out into the woods Because he says he can find Bigfoot 
the heavy beast who smells like piss. He throws rocks that always miss. Also known to shout and hoot, that noble beast they call Bigfoot. Brian Jeff, cause that's his name. Go off to hunt their big game, till they find a dead body. And things derail quite quickly. Will they find the Dixie Mom? Will Bry come to love the slob? Will we get to meet Bigfoot? You'll have to watch to find it. Come on, no one is still watching. <laughs> now I will tell you, and and, and uh, Street Rye has a great point. Transmissional Sasquatch, that's a great band name, and I think this is the first single for Brennan's new band. <laughs> Joseph, I got to tell you, man, I did about uh, ooh, a lot of recordings of that song. <laughs> I, I that was it, the best one. That's well, I did okay. I say a lot. I did like four, and I'm like, okay. this is good. This is good. This is fine. You know, like th- that was cobbled together from a couple different ones. And I mean, I'm not a singer. Um, I, I had a vocal coach. She's lovely. And it, 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 just think about it this way that's the better version of what I was. Okay. So, <laughs> written too many muscles to count in a long time afternoon. And the show always has at least one segment that's weirdly horny. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, yeah. A little behind the scenes stuff uh, on that one. So when I did my takes for that, the part at the end with uh, Oot, I did one version that just for fun where I did a really bad Canadian accent because Bren's from Canada, Oot. And Bren, of course, used that one that I meant as a joke. So of course, that's, that's what I get. But so my, my favorite thing that you said about that segment, because obviously I, I sort of, I'm nuts and I comment. I don't know. You, you think I'd be on peyote when I'm doing these things, but <laughs> Joe, we share a common directory. And so every now and again, Joseph will peek in and just kind of see it. And on this particular one, he described it to me thusly. He said, I looked into the directory and it was like my, when my son has his Legos scattered everywhere <laughs> before he starts building something. And I think, well, this, all this bullshit eventually will combine into something I assume. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's not wrong. It was very much like that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I it, like I said, I, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but it's, I think it's a funny movie. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do you make jokes about something that's already funny? It's, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's, it's just pointless. It's, it's, I don't know. You have it's, to go very meta to do that, I think, you know? Well, and finally, I was able to use all those pictures I took at Mr. Olympia in 2011. And uh, yeah, that was that was a wild ride. Sometimes I'll do a show just talking about that. But uh, <laughs> nice. in the meantime, we have a movie to talk about. But of course, we can't talk about a movie unless first we discuss our baggage. All right. J-Dog, J-Bone. Jobo, what was your baggage going into Sasquatch? So my baggage, there wasn't a ton. uh, You know, I'm not into Bigfoot nearly as much as some of the other paranormal topics. I'm really, I'm really fascinated by ghosts, Bigfoot. And, uh, you know, I know Paul will probably be fuming at that. I know he loves, uh, you know, Bigfoot's okay. I'm not, not interested in it, but just, so, you know, it wasn't inherently going to have as much interest to me as, you know, something that was uh, maybe a different type of paranormal, but, you know, I was intrigued by the poster and the title and it, you know, looked like it was going to be funny. So, um, you know, so with that in mind, I I had some hopes in terms of the comedy side of it, but it was going to have to, it was going to sink or swim based on the comedy, not on the other stuff. So, right. Yeah. So for me, it's similar because I'm most Bigfoot movies are really bad. Just straight up, they're really bad. The only good Bigfoot movie I can think of, aside from Harry and the Hendersons, which made young Bren cry a great deal, was uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's Willow Creek, which mm-hmm. is a found footage, actually, funny enough, a found footage horror film. And it's not incredible, but it is solid. It's, it's a solid movie. Um, aside from that, you know, the original title of the film was The Vice Guide to Bigfoot. And I am not a great fan of Vice in their programming. <laughs> I think a lot of it is kind of annoying hipster bullshit. 
And I know uh, Lampley, with the director, he has said in some interviews that one of the things they wanted to do was really kind of needle that sort of cool vice, you know, mm. everyone uh, looking like, because I, I guess that he once did a short film at Vice HQ or something like that, where everyone looks like Brian. They're all like skinny hipsters with tattoos and denim button ups. So that was the other thing. And third thing was, uh, I'd never heard of it. And usually, no, this is maybe a bit egotistical. But usually if I haven't heard anything about a movie, it's not a great sign because I'm, I'm pretty dialed in. You know, I pay a lot of attention to mm-hmm. new shit coming out, especially indie film because I prefer I prefer indie horror. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't heard anything about this. And I thought, oh, well, that's probably not a good sign. Uh, but boy, was I fucking wrong. Um, I saw it on one of those, you know, 10 films, 10 horror mm-hmm. films that came out that you missed. And usually that's written by some jackass who is, I, well, I shouldn't say jackass. He's trying to make rent and he mm-hmm. just lists like, you know, <laughs> ten things on that Netflix came out most recently, or or shit that hit the theater. Like, did you see Scream Four? Yeah, good fuck off. Yeah. Um. So I saw it on there. I was I was skeptical, but I really really enjoyed it. And of course, we will talk about exactly how much we enjoyed it. But we can only do that in the Toctagon. Welcome to the Toctagon. Two men enter. Two men leave. Now, I got to say, I was cruising the stock website where I found those clips, and mm-hmm. I found more clips of that very, very skinny young lady looking unimpressed. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to trying to work those into more of our scenes. Just <laughs> she's because be- she's yeah, like an unofficial mascot. It has no idea because it's a free stock <laughs> video website. I hope she really likes whoever, whatever friend it is she does this for. <laughs> yeah, she might regret having done that. So, so it was interesting. I, I'm. So you kind of semi answered a question that had been in my mind that I hadn't even brought up with you. Cause when I was looking for this film, I kept finding the vice guide to Bigfoot, but like, that's not the title of the film now. So that was the original title. Do you, do you know more about what the deal is with I, that? I don't, I, I, yeah, again, I lost four days on vacation. So <laughs> okay. I, 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 I believe they were told to change it. I believe okay. that is that is the process. They, they, it was originally the vice guide to Bigfoot, and they were in, instructed to change it. Because I know someone who worked on the film, and again, you know, anyone from the from the production who happens to watch this, I apologize. I love your movie, and ordinarily I do more research than this. But one of the fellows involved also has worked for Vice, right? And so he could he knew how to do all the basically to make it look like Vice. He had the cameras, he had you know the transitions down. And Zach Lamplew is um, he's an editor by trade. I believe this is his first feature. So he's very adept at, at sort of creating that style. Yeah, it was um, it was Tim Rice. I hope I'm not mispronouncing. That's it, yes, sir. Um, and co-owner of the media team. Uh, so he worked for, uh, and this is from their media guide. Worked for Vice, right? So there we go. That makes sense. I mean, you know, the the the, the name Vice in it. You know, the, it's not it's not coming out of a big studio that has a fleet of attorneys to fight that battle. So they probably just you know. It. So. That's it. And and I have to imagine that the name possibly hurt it. You mm. know, the, especially the new name because it's. But I, I didn't think it was a real movie when I saw it on the list. Mm. I thought there's no way this is a real movie. Well, it looks like a YouTube is, listicle, right? That's it. That's it. That's like one of the the bullshit titles you and I come up with for the trailers, so people watch them after the show, <laughs> right? Uh, but no, it's it's again, it was uh, a happy surprise. And uh, would you would you like to take first first shot here? Yeah, I think I think so. And I, I'm going to kind of go with something kind of just a small kind of thing that I thought was kind of interesting or or maybe funny. So you know, early on, very early in the film, Brian is trying to secure an interview with. Uh, little SoundCloud and the names they come up with for all these these ancillary characters are great. So little SoundCloud, this this Atlanta based rapper, and I was hoping that for a minute when he he used the cliche that I used just I see this in too many films. I'll be the reporter to let you tell your story. Yeah. I, I maybe that's part I just got done watching a, a few months ago, uh, inventing Anna, and I felt like that was kind of a line in there and it. And other films and i was just really hoping that that line wouldn't work that he would i'll be the reporter tell your story but of course no next thing you know he's doing the interview with little soundcloud which you know which is his big break so i don't know maybe they were using that line to parody the fact that it's so common or so such a trope but i was hoping that like uh you know that they would have a a you know a pithy retort to that that kind of shot it down it was like oh you really gonna use that line <laughs> 
well, I, now I feel sorry for you. So come on in, you know, or something. I don't know. Ah, I mean, I, I think it's effective because I think that works on a lot of people. You know, later in the film, he uh, he uses that same line on Jeff, the Bigfoot hunter. Yeah. And, you know, even though he kind of recognizes that it's a trite line, there is something almost inherently seductive about someone saying, tell me about you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't like talking about myself generally, but if someone says, you know, tell me about you, I, I can't help it. I, you know, <laughs> hey. I'm semi hard and I, I'm ready to roll, you know, like, okay, <laughs> and go. So I, yeah, I get it. But I, I thought the little SoundCloud bit, it was just such a great, it, it really encapsulated how trite all this shit is because it, who cares? Who cares what this, this, you know, creepy rapper has done? Cause you mentioned, they mentioned, you know, charges and, um, I think something to do with underage or, or, you know, whatever, or like the age of someone. And it just, like, this is news, you know, which I mean, in the age of fucking Johnny Depp and Amber Heard all over YouTube, which is disgusting. Uh, I guess it's, it's not wrong. Bryn saying, I couldn't help noticing that his glasses have no glass in them. Stupid thing, but it kept pushing me out of the movie. I didn't even notice that. Okay. I think that's intentional, Red. I I think that's it was meant to be a, a style thing. I think because I know guys who do that, especially like the hipster guys. They buy expensive frames, but there's no glass in them. That was I think that was a very much an intentional choice. Right, right. Okay. Interesting. Well, there were a lot of hipster gags that they kind of uh spoofed in this, which made for some funny moments. So what was yeah. what was what was your uh your first point in the talk to God? Well, my first point was it made a little more serious, but it's just that I liked that the film took the time to make almost all the characters human in some way. Mm. So like Jeff, they make a, they make a lot of hay about him being separated from his wife right. and, you know, because of Bigfoot and they, they make a gag out of it. Sure. But they also, he seems really upset about it, you mm -hmm. know, like it's really affecting him. It's, it's not just a throwaway gag. Every time it comes up, it sort of takes a chunk out of him. And I mean, Brian, you know, Brian is got some wonderful, some wonderful gags, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, he also has, you know, he's just kind of like a cynical hipster dick who is, thinks he's maybe better than he is. But even mm -hmm. he, you know, he cares about Zach and he care, eventually comes to care about the other people. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a couple other characters, like even uh, what's the, the police officer who eventually does what he does. You know, he's doing it because he cares mm -hmm. about his cousins. It's not just, I am evil. It's like you have actually killed someone I care about, so now I'm really, I'm gonna gonna fuck you up. So I, I like that. I like that it took the time. You know, it's a really small cast mm -hmm. and a really streamlined script, generally speaking. So they were able to kind of focus on the humanity of everyone while also working in some great piss jokes and a, a great shit joke, which I, I know you're gonna be talking about later. <laughs> well, yeah. So why don't I take this point, uh, this opportunity? So yeah, there's a point where Brian comes across this large. <laughs> stool sample and he starts to collect some figuring look he's come across a bigfoot stool sample but no it belongs to jeff and all i just gotta ask is like is jeff part bear that was a massive turd that he dropped there i'm like yeah, 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 i feel judged i feel judged <laughs> it's a healthy balanced diet that's like a Joe. post thanksgiving day crap that's like that's not insignificant so. Well, if we're going to hate the man for having a functioning colon, I, I think, <laughs> where does it stop? First, they came for the huge shitters, but I was not a huge shitter, so I said nothing. <laughs> where does it stop, Jobo? Where does it stop? You know, that that's a good point. So, Joko, Joko, Joko that's, yeah, your last name starts with C-O. Yes, now yes. That, so. that was an, an enormous, an enormous turd. I actually, how much of this story am I going to tell? <laughs> oh, uh, every last bit <laughs> <laughs> well I, during the pandemic and sort of latter pandemic so really you know last year i guess i was i would walk around town quite a bit because there's fuck all else to do and i discovered this legendary local character yeah jeff does have a high fiber diet Rin, you're right mm -hmm. the wall the giant wall shitter someone was going around dropping enormous enormous dookies against the walls of buildings. Okay. And, and these things were like large, you know, like, 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 you know, that, that submarine where all the Russians drowned okay. about that size. The curse <laughs> okay. It was about the, the widow, you know, the widow maker. That's it. Yeah. These were widow maker sized turds. These were ICBMs, Jeez. you know, in, in continental. <laughs> 
<laughs> bowel movements. They were enormous. They're just huge, gigantic turds. And I, part of me wants to see who did that mm. because I think he might be from Brobdignag. <laughs> I, I've never said this is literally a creature of legend. This is like a, some kind of some kind of awful, huge colon unicorn type man or woman out yeah. there just just dropping deuces in the city like some kind of mad god. And it was it was something to see. So, but like, do we have to call them trays or quads at that that big? I mean, they're no longer deuces, right? That's I, mean, I feel like deuces should be have like the square thing above it or something okay. or cubed. Okay. Yeah, no, these were these were enormous. Really, like Jeff. If they had a Duke off, I think Jeff might actually come up short. I'm just saying. Not that I want to engage in such a competition or ever discuss it again. But um, if there were a Duke off, I think they could represent some real competition to Jeff. Okay. You know, when I woke up this morning, I I, I said to myself, I need to have a five-minute conversation about, about, you know, turds. And, you know, mission accomplished. We're we're connected. I can feel it. I I, I sat bolt upright three in the morning. Joseph wants to talk about shit. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I'll freestyle a conversation about poop. I can do that. We've dropped a viewer too. I'm shocked. Shocked. Okay. <laughs> How did we lose anyone there? Yeah. <laughs> Scrapbot says Canada's a cold country, so it would be an ICBM. Oh, you're my fucking hero, man, or woman, or whoever. You are fuck. You the best. That is. I can't, shut it down. End the stream. We can't improve on that. <laughs> we can't. We can't improve on ICBM. We just no, no. Where's where's the where's the end music here? <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, all right. Well, my second. You top get to 10. follow that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I and it's I've got another like really boring ass point because again I just I I you know I have to treat this thing apparently like it's an essay on hum- on essential humanity while working in dookie jokes but um <laughs> something the film actually really nailed aside from the things we've just been discussing mm-hmm. is jeff's obsession with bigfoot and i think i, I listened to an interview with with zach lampley when he talked about they had a, a bigfoot guy who was sort of their you know, consultant so to speak on on that culture and <laughs> zach told the story i'm gonna say zach i don't know the man but i'm gonna say zach because saying lampley makes me feel weird um, Zach was saying that he would ask this guy, he'd send him a message about like a particular point and say, you know, is this point in the script relatively accurate? And the guy would say, oh, can I call you? <laughs> so, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And he would call him and this guy would, t- would say, there's this great new piece of Bigfoot lo- information that's come out. We've got some new, some new knowledge. You've got to work it into the film. And Zach kind of found himself going, that's not, this isn't a documentary. That's not <laughs> what we're doing here, guy. So he may, it may just have been his association with that guy, which kind of put him into that headspace. But people who have paranormal experiences and become obsessed by it, that's very, very common. Like, that's mm-hmm. a thing. I mean, you know, that's me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, am, I, I am in this picture and I do not like it. You know, because you have this experience you cannot possibly explain. And then you spend, in some cases, some people devote their entire lives to trying to make sense of that. And they go on ghost hunts or they go on Bigfoot hunts or whatever it is they're doing because they're desperate for an answer. And, and I really thought that was, yeah, I, that was just very, a very keen observation. I mean, cause this can really derail someone's life. I mean, there are alien abductees or people who believe they've been abducted by aliens out there. It has fucked their lives entirely. No, I, yeah, so, that's, that's a really good point. And it was interesting because that, there was also that that note of humanity you talked about earlier, where later in the film he kind of kind of gets like almost like seeing the Bigfoot up close became this closure that allowed him to kind of refocus his his purpose and you know kind of get things right with with the woman that he loved and uh, you know so it was an interesting kind of turn there. So yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I want to use that as kind of a jumping off point for something else that I think that the film captured well, although it was a little more of a um, kind of in a parody sense. And I thought that one of the things, you know, and I obviously we're doing this on YouTube and I have another channel that's sports related that, that I do YouTube. So I'm kind of, you know, been doing YouTube for uh, about a year and a half, a little over a year now, um, still learning some things, but there's this whole YouTube culture and content creator kind of approach towards things. And I think, I feel like they really nailed in a parody sense, kind of that content creator stuff from the opening with, you know, with, with Jeff as cryptic commander. And I'll tell you for years, I've joked about 
how so many videos start with it's your boy and he he dropped an it's your boy and i thought i was gonna lose my shit like in the best way possible. <laughs> i was like yes he went with it's your boy because that's the cliche opening it's your boy cryptid the cryptid commander and then he went with the you know really over the top you know intro sting you know overproduced you know the the dude who just taught himself how to use adobe after effects and is making <laughs> you know and listen i'm that dude i have this intro for my other channel that i spent way too much time on and then you know the ad placements right you know alpha specs um you know the the random company that says hey we're gonna give you you uh, will you give we're gonna give you a promo code and you're gonna do this you're gonna produce this commercial all this free labor and then for every bottle 15 dollar bottle of this we sell you're gonna get 32 cents if they use your promo code right um you know so all of that was like spot on kind of YouTube content creator tropes. And, and I, as you know, so as someone who does YouTube content, I just had to sit back and laugh and chuckle at how well they nailed those parodies. I got to say, man, I am baffled by YouTube culture. And again, I understand the, the irony of saying that here on the stream on YouTube, but you know, you started helping me turn around the ghost story guys, YouTube account in what February, January. January, yeah. So, because yeah. it had always been an afterthought for me, because I I'm, I'm an ugly motherfucker. Video production's <laughs> a pain in the ass. It was just never something I wanted to engage with, you know. But you know, you and I got talking, and and we I sort of said, you know, I, I would like to try and use it as a different way to get more people listening to Ghost Story Guys. And what's fascinating is I, I still don't understand it. Like we we were we were making really solid progress, and then all of a sudden, like our analytics have dropped like right back to where they were when we started, and I am baffled, absolutely baffled by this. And I'm sure it's a cyclical thing, but to me, it just doesn't make sense. It's completely outside my experience because I've been podcasting for six years, and I won't say it makes sense to me, but it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, YouTube is is just a stone mystery. There's a magic algorithm that everyone's trying to understand, and then YouTube changes every every they tweak it. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm still learning it. So, yeah, fair. Well, I, and often the algorithms will make me feel like Brian does in this film, and and, and that takes me to my third point, which is just that Brian Ebond. Um, I have never prior to this film, I'd never heard of him. Uh, I, I know he's done a lot of shorts. I don't know what he does as a day job. Maybe he acts as a day job. I don't know. He was brilliant in this movie and his reactions slayed me every time a single look from him would just wreck me you know like his the the piss shock eyes he just had this ability to just look so aggravated by the world and that's a skill that's a skill like that's something i strive to to like look annoyed in as funny a way as brian Nemon does yeah, and and Rin, as Rin says here, you know, she's worried, you know, about the acting because in small budget films, it's it's very inconsistent, uh, and that's maybe generous. And yeah, these guys did a good job, and you know, and like, you know, maybe there weren't Oscar worthy performances, but like even like Jeff's character, I think did a decent job. I mean, I've seen, you know, yeah. he, I think Brian probably was a little bit more polished, but you know, uh, and I'll say one of my favorite characters, uh, <laughs> Dirty Dollar Signs. Like that dude was like, just like, spot on. Okay, it's like there was for 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 what it was a low a low budget film. Uh, I thought, yeah, there was some really solid acting and writing in it. So yeah, I I almost was sad that Brian had a complete arc by the end of the film because I would have enjoyed seeing that character in other situations. You know, like seeing him go on these really like kind of almost Larry David esque inconvenienced right. adventures in weird subcultures. I, I think that would have been great. And I don't know how the film performed. I suspect, I suspect because it was technically released 2019. I think it played the Austin Film Festival, but I think it's wide release, you know, as wide as it was going to get was probably damaged by COVID. Yeah. Makes sense. Cause I think it was intended to come out shortly before the pandemic or as the pandemic was happening. So I don't know how the film did, but I, one of the reasons I wanted to do it on stream aside from just enjoying it was I, I was hoping that, you know, over time we could turn a few more people onto it because you know, it's so hard for independent films to break out in ways like that because there's so much shit coming out and it's so hard to keep track of it. And most people, I shouldn't say most people, but a lot of people, if they can't stream it for free on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, 
they they're just not going to watch it. Yeah. So if you know if it's a five dollar rental, unless it's Doctor Fucking Strange, they might not see it. And so I, I really because always we always encourage people don't pirate, mm. pay for the thing, especially if it's an independent movie. Because if you pirate independent movies, you are literally taking money out of their pockets, and, and you're you're not only that you're fucking their next film. Yeah. Because the people who finance movies are going to say, well, okay, your movie was downloaded, was pirated however many millions of times. How much money did it make? Oh, it didn't turn a profit. Well, I don't care how popular it was. <laughs> I'm here to make money. Got a, another comment from Rin. Carl Pilkington <laughs> has cornered the irritated traveler market. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Have you, are you familiar with Carl Pilkington? I'm not sure. I don't think I am. Okay. So he's, uh, he's the host of a British show called An Idiot Abroad. Okay. Oh, and he maybe plays I think this- I've seen him. Yeah, he plays this very reluctant, uh, okay. reluctant traveler who just kind of grouses about everything across, across <laughs> the world. It's it's fun. It is fun. Gotcha. But, yeah, no, uh, I I, th- I think uh, I think I think that it's an interesting point you you make about the fact that it, you know, Brian's character might have been more interesting if he continued to be kind of a condescending. Uh, classist jerk, you know, uh, yeah. in like the when there were points just where it's like. The, the jokes and the comments he and Zach were making at the expense of Jeff, you know, later on, it, there was a point where it felt like, like they were just, I don't know, lacking humanity. Like, like, come on, dude. Jeff, Jeff, yeah, Jeff's quirky. He's, he's a little obsessed with Bigfoot, but come on, man. You know, that, that that's like, you're kicking, kicking down, right. Punching down. Uh, but you know, one of the things I talked about earlier that I thought they did well, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, the, the acting and the character. And I, I think the writing and the humor, this, this film to me was legitimately funny. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Especially, I feel like the first 30 minutes was, was particularly funny. Mm-hmm. It, it dragged on a little bit in the middle, had a few funny moments here and there. Um, but you know, like they had all these sort of parodies of hipster culture. You know, you had the CBD crypto and then you had the <laughs> urban camping. Like, uh, like a you know, total hipster kind of thing. And then my personal favorite, um, artisanal antibiotics. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, like this, I was just like, I was just legitimately laughing out loud through all these parts. I mean, cl- very clever. Yes, they were very quick, you know, kind of bits, but very clever bits, though, you know, and I'm not going to make a joke about this. You know, certainly the, you know, the craft beer scene, the Crimean craft beer scene that didn't age well, but I'm not, you know, obviously they That's didn't not the know, film's fault, yeah. they had no knowledge of that the geopolitical climate would be where it was now, but every scene with dirty dollar sign <laughs> yeah. was just gold, just absolute gold. I mean, there's this whole conversation in the car, you know, where. He's telling, you know, he's saying to Brian, if you got a good guess, all you got to do is be genuinely interested. And Brian's like, yeah, this one time I had the the mayor of New York and and dollar dollar signs. Yeah, you know, sometimes that's just the card you you get dealt. As though like the mayor of New York was a bad guest. And, yeah. and well, you know, I got I gotta I gotta interview the prime minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. You know, or and you know, well, that's the metric system. Basically, that's like a mayor. Like all these just really great lines and. Uh, so I, I just thought the writing and the the humor um, really worked for me. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and like I think again, if 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 there ever was another film with the Brian Nemon character, which I I hope there, I just I hope there is. Mm-hmm. I want to see again, not a lot of dirty dollar signs because I, I think that's the kind of character that works, it. Yeah. could overdo it. But I want to see more of White Morpheus. <laughs> That was great too. White Morpheus had me laughing as well. Just I, the idea of it. You know, he he only says I think like four lines, but they're just great. And yeah, and, and actually, that's another a great example of of characters because I mean, Dirty Dollar Sign is the you know what's his name? Brian calls him an idiot, but he's not totally stupid. You know, because no, he, no, no. he he talks about how you know Brian says he doesn't really want to be a guest on on Dirty Show. And Dirty says, I don't think you want to be on your show. <laughs> you know, he's right. like, you're not even, you, you're miserable. And he's able to pick that up about him, which I, I quite liked. He's not, yeah, he's not oblivious. You know, I think, um, and there's probably people who've talked about this better. I feel like that is like one of the, the subtle things that Will Ferrell has done in all of his characters where he plays this idiot who just every once in a while says something really insightful that cuts through. 
right? And he does this in multiple characters. I think it's just one of his kind of, it's part of his shtick. And there's something right. about that kind of character that's kind of funny because they, they you know, obviously humor is, you know, catching you off guard, making something you didn't expect happen. Uh, so you've got this dirty dollar signs whose character who seems like he's this this character, this cartoon, this caricature of uh, of uh, this guy who's all about pop culture who doesn't really understand whatever. But then he just says these really insightful things. You're like, oh shit, you know, and it yeah. catches you off guard. Yeah, and, and on the subject of of the humor, there was another bit I just wanted to show. It was a really it was a throwaway thing, but I, I thought it was very funny. And that is, at one point, Brian refuses to do any more takes of the intro to the Bigfoot Festival. He is so yeah. above the whole thing. He just refuses to, to discuss it anymore. He says, just do a drone shot. And Zach, his cameraman, says, I don't, I don't have a drone. And they end up inserting this stock footage, <laughs> which is just stolen from a stock website. You know, they haven't even properly licensed it. Right. And and it's just a quick little shot, but it's it, it's just such a great bit mm-hmm. that I, I, I every time, I, again, I've seen this, I watched it a few months ago and I liked it so much. I bought it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And then when I suggested to do it for the film, to, for the show, I think I watched it two or three more times. Mm. I really like this movie. So I mean, I'm, that just reminds me of our creative process, right? You know, <laughs> grab stock footage and, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> I repeat, where's, where's my skinny vampire lady? Yeah. You know, <laughs> or my, nice. my creepy aborted transit. <laughs> What you think? You know, we were <laughs> that that is going to that's going to continue to be part of our show isn't like like you you created that and I was like dude that looks kind of like and you're like ooh yeah you're right and then now it's like got this new life where it's like no we're playing it because because it's, it's gross and wrong. Yes, exactly. Because so, I took a piece of stock footage and somehow turned it into a phone sex commercial <laughs> unintentionally, completely unintentionally. Right. Well, it reminds me when you were looking at my script for, I think it was the last episode. Mm. And uh, I sent you the the, my, the transcript for the, or the script for my trailer. And you said, I'm, we're not going to say what the correction was, but you yes. pointed out a very, very glaring point. And I thought, oh, <laughs> I had not considered this. I had not thought about this at all. So thank you, Joseph, for <laughs> keeping me, keeping me out of jail. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that, that if nothing else, that's my job, right? To keep Bren from getting canceled, right? <laughs> so, it hasn't happened yet, but I suppose that's not to say it can't. A matter of time. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I have one. Oh, I've got one more. You've got one more, it sounds like. Yes, so. sir. Go for it. All right. So uh, real quick, though, let's, uh, we got a comment. Have you checked Bren's office for carbon monoxide? <laughs> um I have not. I am not in Canada, so I would not be able to do that. I am not in proximity. Mold? I think mold, maybe. Maybe, yeah. But I or infrasound. Um, but I. <laughs> that I, I am, believe. I am ninety-two percent convinced there's something abnormal in that office besides Brennan. So you know. I was going to say I think it's just up here. <laughs> right. Right. Long, so t- long time ago, I was uh, I was on uh, just really quickly. Someone yeah. on Twitter once said to me because I do a lot of night photography. And they said, oh, I would just love to be in your head for a, for a night. And I thought, no, no, you wouldn't. You absolutely would not. You poor motherfucker. You have no idea what you just said. But anyways, please continue. Yes. So, okay. So my last point uh, is, you know, kind of a fun bit at the end, you know, the twist right in this film is that while they're, they've been captured by, you know, the redneck mafia, the redneck cartel, and they're, you know, looks like they're about to get killed. That uh, what's her name, Ma Pritchard and crew are about to make these folks, uh, you know, past expired. And all of a sudden, they are saved by Bigfoot. Hell yeah! Bigfoot saves the day. Goddamn right he piss, does. But not for piss drinker. Because, no, well, you know, I mean, fuck that guy. Right. Yeah, there's only so much we can do for for a guy who wantonly drinks piss. Right, right. So, so I just, had a, I, I just got a kick out of Bigfoot saves a day, but not for piss drinker. So that, that's my last point. Not, not a whole lot of depth there, but just you know, piss drinker. Fuck that guy. Fair, absolutely. Uh, so I, I guess I had one final point, um, but it's a bit of a downer. So I'm going to sort of, it's going to be a two pronged point. It's going to be a bifurcated point, if you will. My first is a criticism, and it's just that I feel like Brian's level of belief in what Jeff is saying is inconsistent throughout the film. 
you know, if I had to, if I had to pick fault with this, with this thing, I mean, I think I've given it like four and a half out of five on Letterboxd because I love it. But mm-hmm. if I had to like pick a legitimate problem with it, I would say that Brian seems to, he kind of seems to fall into it, but then he doesn't believe it, but then he does. And I mean, there are times when he legitimately, you know, it makes sense that he doesn't believe it. Like after they've been kidnapped by the Dixie mob, uh, shout out to truck nuts who was mm-hmm. just hilarious. <laughs> and, um, so I would say that was kind of inconsistent. Like there was a point where he has a conversation with Jeff and Jeff is kind of talking about how, you know, that anger management issue. And I thought, well, I don't know if that would really say what just happened qualifies for that statement. So there was a little bit of inconsistency there, but again, it's, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fatal, but I think in in the interest of fairness, it's worth noting. Yeah. I think like, I think there's, there's a couple, you know, kind of directions they could have gone with Brian's character, right? You could have had the character, who never believes in Bigfoot and just kind of never does throughout the film until they see Bigfoot. Right. Um, I guess really is there, or you could have him. uh, And then at that point he believes, or you could have him somewhere along the way, believe, and then it happens. Right. But, but like the fact that he kind of, you know, vacillated between belief and disbelief based on the situation, right. That I, I see what you're saying there. I think it would have been a cleaner arc, a cleaner narrative, um, if there was more consistency there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but the last thing I wanted to say is, is it really, it, it is a compliment in that I really like how, it, how economical the script is and how everything kind of ties back together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's not a lot of wasted time in the film. I mean, I know you found the middle section kind of pokey, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of the, the different plot threads, you know, it's all more or less, everything is kind of promised and delivered. So, you know, the drunken cousin talking about how much he yeah. hates cops, Sid, you know, the, even Sid, right? Yeah. Sid? You said oh, yeah, that's a cousin. cousin. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so even him, you know, everything kind of comes back around. And I, I just like that. Like, it, there was, it didn't waste time setting up things which didn't pay off. It, it didn't try and set up a sequel. It didn't leave threat. You know, it just did what it set out to do. It did it well. And I think that's a, I think it's a rare thing. You yeah, know, no, that makes reason. sense. There weren't any plot points that went nowhere. You know, I, when I say the middle dragged on, I think they just spent a little too much time kind of, you know, trouncing about the, the woods without a lot going, you know, kind of aimlessly. But yeah. any characters they introduced all came back to have relevance. You know, like I said, even said the cousin. Real quick, I want to say, hey, uh, we got Alan Tong, who's just joined us from through Facebook. Uh, hey, from Calgary. Nice to see you guys. Alan. Appreciate hey, that. man. So no, that 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 makes sense. I mean, you know, although I felt like it dragged on, there wasn't anything that was wasted character development or anything like that. Yeah. So no, I I'm a fan. Any any final word? I guess would you would you recommend it? I would recommend it to any I to anyone who is interested or willing to watch kind of a low budget film that's funny. You know, again, the person who has only watched major studio releases and expects this certain kind of bar of production True, right enough. but but anyone who enjoys uh you know independent films and likes something kind of funny i absolutely would recommend i i i was pleasantly surprised uh by the humor yeah yeah same here and i gotta say folks you know if all you ever watch is, is studio films you're missing out because there is some brilliant shit happening in the independent space. And frankly, you know, in the coming years, I think that's going to be where you see the most exciting movies. Because, I mean, independent shit and dramas, anything that's not Marvel or mm-hmm. Top Gun or things like that, that's not a big budget studio production, it's getting squeezed out of theaters. Mm-hmm. And that's the shit we all grew up on. We didn't all grow up on Marvel. And, and, and sure, we remember Jurassic Park and shit like that, but there's so much more out there. So when you see stuff like this, you know, give it a shot. Don't sort of just pass it up because you haven't heard of it. You got to follow White Morpheus and take the red pill. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right, and you can find it on uh, a number of streaming platforms. And uh, again, I bought it on iTunes, I think for ten bucks. It's paid for itself already, but you can rent it, and I believe it is streaming for free on a number of places in the U.S. Yeah. So easy to find. And Scrapbot saying here, YouTube has some fantastic short horror. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of cool. A lot of cool stuff on YouTube. I know like the action movie space, there are a lot of people making very cool action shorts on YouTube, kind of showing off their chops. So thank you for that point, Scrapbot. That's very true. Uh, that goes for also the independent literary horror scene, but that's that's another mm-hmm. conversation entirely. 
All right. So before we get to next week's movie, Joseph, do you have any final thoughts? You know, not really. I enjoyed this film. I think I think it was an interesting, fun paranormal comedy. Um, pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know, uh, in terms of especially again for something on such a low budget. Uh, the, I think that the writing and the the acting and the humor worked pretty well. I agree, and uh, I have no nothing else to say about about this particular film. But I will say that I'm looking forward to the next episode. That'll be two weeks from today when we will be talking about a film that I think was unfairly maligned at the time, and that is Neil Blomkamp's Demonic. Now, I, again, you can find that uh, in, in, if you're in Canada. It's streaming for free on Netflix. I believe it may also be streaming for free in the U.S., but uh, either way, it's a $5 rental. I very much encourage you to see it, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about that one with you, with you Joseph, because obviously we've done, we've done um, We Are All Going to the World's Fair. It wasn't really scary. It was more of a horror-themed drama. Right. And the cellar was, just, was probably the only real horror thing, right? Yeah the, cell, yeah, the cellar was the only straight horror movie we've done in the stream so far. And Demonic is very much that. And actually shot not far from where I grew up, which is kind of interesting. And this is actually, speaking of that, uh, this film was shot in your neck of the woods, Georgia. Was it not? Yes. Uh, so yeah, the, the 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 Bigfoot film that we we watched for this week was it was filmed in North Georgia. I live in s- further south, so I live kind of southwest Georgia. But um, my fam, I've taken my family up to North Georgia to to kind of take some you know three four day vacation getaways. Uh, in fact, uh, I think the last time we up, went up to North Georgia, we were maybe thirty minutes from where I think they were probably filming this. So it's beautiful country up there. Uh, there's some really neat places to see. I, I, I looked up where the Bigfoot Festival, I think it's in Clayton, Georgia, is probably where they did that footage of the Bigfoot Festival when they were outdoors. And uh, so I, I haven't been to Clayton, but I've been to places that were fairly close. So, um, yeah, beautiful country up there. And it's really not far from Atlanta. There, I know there's a lot of filming being done in Georgia because you've got you know, you could like, I'm sure they shot all those urban scenes, even the ones that were supposed to be in Brooklyn were probably shot in Atlanta. And then you can, you know, of course. 30 minutes, 45 minutes out of town, you're up in the woods. Um, you right. know, so, um, yeah, it's beautiful country up there. All right, guys. So like I said, next show will be Neil Blomkamp's demonic. Check it out. Underrated film. Looking forward to talking about it with you. Also tie in for ghost story guys, listeners. It was shot at the abandoned asylum we spoke about in episode 18, The City by the Lake, and Other Places to Die. So we'll be talking a little bit about, about that particular haunted location on that show. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a ton of fun, as always. Joseph, thank you. And, uh, well, we'll see you next time because we're weird. And you're weird. Why not be weird together? Let me rest.